Welcome into another edition of the Hops and Spirits Kentucky podcast. Last week we talked with Mark Wombles, owner chef at Heirloom in Midway and Distilled on Jefferson and Lexington. It was a fun chat and we got another great one for you this week. And like we did last week, we're going to do news and notes and we'll be filling you in uh, on this part with uh, releases, special releases, news about restaurants, events, all sorts of things. And, you know, first up, uh, it's going to be a little Lexington heavy this week, but don't worry, we'll go around the state as best we can. A big one this week in Crave Food and Music Festival returns Saturday and Sunday, July 30th and 31st at the Bluegrass Fairgrounds at Master Sensation Park in Lexington. That's off Lee's Town Road. There will be 40-plus food trucks, restaurants showcasing their food, beer. There will also be beer and cocktails, music, and so much more. Tickets are required. That's an event my wife and I, our family, look forward to every year. It's a lot of fun. You get to try out a whole lot of different food, so come hungry. Speaking of being hungry, Boomtown Biscuits and Whiskey is now just in Union, Kentucky, up in northern Kentucky, after closing its Pendleton location in Cincinnati. The restaurant is home to Chef Christian Gill, who has appeared on several Food Network shows recently, including Beat Bobby Flay and Guy's Grocery Games Summer Games. I've been there, and it is wonderful, and it's a cool combination of, of food and drinks. And last but not least, as we round out our news and notes for this week, the Whiskey Bear has come out of hibernation. That's right. Uh, Whiskey Bear opened last weekend with its sister business, Addie's Stone Pizza, Fired Pizza. It's in the Beaumont Center in Lexington. It previously was at the the Summit and Fritz Farms at the Barn there, along with several other restaurants, but that closed down a while back. Uh, you can get specialty whiskey cocktails, artesian-style pizza. Uh, like I said, it was originally part of the Barn at the Summit in Lexington. Uh, up next is our Q&A with John King, the creator and founder of Drunkwood. Enjoy. Remember to check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hop Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at HopSpirits.com. Joining us here for the Q&A on the Hops and Spirits Kentucky podcast, he's the creator, founder of Drunkwood. He's got many hobbies and I believe some, some talents as well. John King, welcome in. Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. I appreciate you taking the time to share about what you do. And before we get too deep into what drunk drunk wood is, as I lose my uh, headphone here, um, what can you tell us a little bit about yourself? But like I said, don't go too deep because I've got many questions. Oh, that's yeah. I was on a podcast and somebody asked that question. Forty five minutes later, we went to the next <laughs> one. Uh, so basically, uh, I grew up in Central Illinois, small farming community, small town. Um, went to college, had to do something with a psychology degree because you can't do anything with it. <laughs> and decided to uh, come to the South and came to UofL for graduate school for school counseling. I uh, got my school counseling degree. At the time, you couldn't be a school counselor in Kentucky without a teaching degree. So I had to leave. So I, I left for a year to head back to central Illinois. And um, they changed that degree. And I entered a PhD program at UofL. So came back in 2008. Um, and then, you know, worked at the university till 2016, uh, was in charge of middle school teacher education program, um, taught some courses as well. And then we'll get into some other things that I was doing there, but basically, uh, started Drunkwood full-time in 2016. I actually started it in 2012 as a hobby. So I was working at UofL customers would like, I'd hand items out the window or meet them outside. And, uh, but yeah. It's been full time since 2016 and uh, haven't looked back yet since. Well, so. it, it, it's, it sounds like it's a cool story. And I'm curious, though, you know, clearly you can see some of, of what he can do behind him, I believe. I'm assuming that's one of your, your works behind you. 
Yeah, that's when we, when we, so I live here in, in the Germantown area, Louisville, and uh, we bought a house, which funny story is the day we closed on the house in 2016, I put my two weeks notice in uh, right after I signed the paperwork because my mortgage guy was like, you can't quit your job until you get all this finalized. <laughs> so I quit my job and took a risk of having drunk would be my full-time option. And there was a couple of years where it's a little shaky, but it's, it's proven itself. But yeah, basically that's um, when I moved in the house, I kind of, it's the most flammable house in Louisville because it's just covered with all my woodwork. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a probably a 12 foot uh, cedar outline of the United States. And we travel and do a lot of national park and hiking and backpacking stuff. So I just kind of pinpoint um, a lot of different photos and things along those lines. So, yeah. I was going to say, so you can see he's creative, folks. But my question <laughs> is, have you always been creative? Uh, yeah. And, you know, when I think about it, when I was younger, I was super into comic books. My dad had a huge comic book collection that He'd kill me if he knew I sold a lot of it in college to pay for rent, beer, beer money. <laughs> so like I used to have all the old, like early edition Spider-Man and X-Men. And so a lot of time I'd look at those photos and start drawing. And at one time, like huge into Calvin and Hobbes. Growing up, Calvin and Hobbes was a big, you know, and I started rereading them as an adult because as a kid, I didn't figure out what the jokes were. Um, so was always into drawing and uh, thought I was going to be an artist took my basketball coach in high school was an art teacher so kind of figured out what I could and what I couldn't do um, but then when it came for college you know I didn't really want to go into visual arts and I was good but I wasn't that good it's just, just like in anything you figure out where you stand um, and when I went to college I kind of stopped everything because it was too busy um, and then when I got to graduate school uh, you know, picked up some other new hobbies and kind of went away from it. It wasn't until, you know, I wasn't, I hate to say, I wasn't creative for like, you know, eight to 10 years until some guy knew in beer was like, hey, man, do you want this bourbon barrel? We're done aging beer in it. And from that single bourbon barrel, kind of, you know, I was in the backyard tooling around and uh, that's kind of what started everything up. And I still thankfully have that uh, bourbon barrel top to this day so I made a smoker out of the barrel so I take it to U of L games and smoke meats and stuff but yeah so I, I kind of it's kind of been a roller coaster of creativity so well and I'm guessing you don't get um, bourbon barrels as easily nowadays as you did then <laughs> no man in 20 when I started in 2012 I friended a, uh, a buddy of mine that owns a cooperage called Kelvin's Cooperage and he would just say come out take whatever you wanted uh, because to them, it wasn't when the surge happened. I mean, it was just taking up space. So for years, when I was just doing it as a hobby, I'd get a lot of free stuff uh, from then. And then once the bourbon industry started picking up and more and more people started doing what I did, he's like, man, I'm going to have to charge you, and which was fine. But then, excuse me, um, I'm also having a beer on this. So, uh, you know, once... I didn't have a problem buying barrels, but what I do now is uh, I don't buy barrels anymore. I buy pallets of staves and then pallets of barrel heads. So then I don't have to deconstruct it. And I also, I have it, I work from home. So I have a teeny tiny space. So barrel heads with all that excess air in the middle would just take up space. Um, but once COVID hit, I will say in the last year, since everyone's stuck at home and decided to get into this type of work, uh, 
prices have tripled. Like I used to pay less than $4 for a barrel head. Now they're going about 15, 20 bucks. Uh, most of that is, is because uh, lasers got super cheap. So people started uh, just buying those and doing monograms and things like that on them. So yeah, barrel heads, have, it's a, I have good, I always have connections, but it's, it, it's getting a little trickier. Well, you're, you're going to have to put those to, to good use. Now you, you mentioned you, you started, you know, kind of doing drunk wood in, in 2012. Was mm-hmm. woodworking kind of just a stress reliever for you back then, or was it kind of something a little more or, or it built into that? I don't know if I'd say it was a stress reliever. Um, it was just kind of, uh, it, it was a challenge. It was like, Hey, let's see what I can do this. Cause living in Kentucky, uh, you know, everything you'd see everything bourbon state related and but no one only a few people and only a couple that i'm still close with are still doing it today um it was i don't want to say stress it was it was just something to do like i i, I remember in college i'd build a set of bags and kind of got a, a little bit of woodworking and i i, I worked construction in college so i kind of had your basic your basic skills but it was kind of a hey let's learn let's screw it up and then learn why we screwed up and then try to get better, try to get better. I mean, I still see things to Facebook, like some of the work from 2012 and 2013. And you're like, Oh my God, like how far you've come. And then people will ask me all the time to still make some of those items. And I, I won't do it. Cause I'm just like, listen, you know, there's other people that do the kind of start out products. I was like, go give them your business. They're just starting out. So well, and what pushed you to go go full time in, in 2016 with with Drunk Wood and, and you know, <sighs> give it a go? Uh, it was a combination of a few things. So I'd worked in the university for uh, a while and I love my boss, but she was very picky on when you could take vacation days and holiday days. And it just I went for a job and I didn't get it. And it was me and my best friend, my work wife. We're going for the same job. And I told her, I said, if. I want you to get this. And if you get it over me, I said, I'm gone. And, um, you know, the thing is, is my business was building, but I knew, you know, we'll talk about it, but I was also doing work in the beer industry. So I was kind of like, if I leave U of L, I know enough people I can get a job in beer while I do this woodworking, that's going to supplement it. So what I didn't add this part earlier, I never told my wife or my family I was quitting my job. So like I, my parents didn't know for like six months, they just stopped seeing some photos and, and God rest my, God, God rest my soul. She's still alive. Got, you know, my wife was so awesome about it. She was just like, sure, you do it. You know, as long as you can, you know, do what you got to do. And there, the first two years were, you know, they were, they were a struggle. Like the sales weren't where I wanted them to. And so I, I was applying for jobs. I mean, I applied for a ton of even different school counseling or going back into education jobs. And I just, I wasn't hearing anything back from them. And uh, I was just like, well, I guess this is, so I kind of figured out how social media and different outlets and different connections, how to do SEO stuff on Google and things were going good. But once COVID hit, um, everything doubled. Like it was just, everyone was stuck at home, nothing to do. They did a lot of, just like me, did a lot of uh, home projects. So people were just like, it, it was crazy. People were buying, buying, buying. And at the time my wife was laid off. So it was one of those times of like, yes, everything's great, but everything's not so great. And a lot of my friends who were doing similar businesses that were relying on shows or like they had their items in brick and mortars, they were hurting. So like 
for me, it was, I had to keep my mouth shut because I felt bad about talking about my success. Whereas my friends and peers, you know, were shutting down their businesses or, you know, struggling to get by, you know, if they had it as a full-time job. And there's a few of us that actually considered a full-time job. And, you know, with the name, how did you come up with the name? Was it a drunken night of Bunks beer or how did that work? <laughs> I wish it was. Well, to, uh, to go back to my wife being so awesome. Well, she's my second wife and also my second Ashley. So I was married before and her name was also Ashley. And at the time, while I was doing this, I, I had to create a Facebook page for it. And I came up with like three names. I was like, I can't remember the other two. But the name Drunkwood was because when you cut the wood, you can smell the bourbon. And then when you visually look at the bourbon, you the bourbon barrel stayed, you can see the line of where the bourbon had went into and came out. And so of all the names, she thought Drunkwood was the stupidest name. And I was just like, that's it, Drunkwood. <laughs> and, you know, uh, I've gotten giggles from it and other things. And uh, I mean, it just kind of it just kind of stuck and it has been there ever since. And I think, and one thing I did too, is I did look up if there were any other companies named it. And there was a company in the UK that did, I think it did like driftwood sculptures and there was like another motorcycle company. So it was totally cool. It was a totally unique name. So that's kind of where it came from. I love, I love it. I love it. So simple. And, 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 but so, so fun and, and fitting, you know, when, when you're, you know, coming up with ideas and so forth, whether it's stuff that you're going to continually have or, or, or might consider how, how does that process work for, for you? I mean, are you sketching things out or, or is someone coming to you with, with things or how does that work? Uh, kind of both. So a lot of my items are custom orders. So I have few, I have items I make all the time because those are the most popular items. But then if someone comes to me or like has an idea, we kind of sit there over email or a phone call and hash it out. One thing is, is like when I started in 2012, you know, I was looking on the internet for ideas. And because a lot of the times I only use bourbon barrel staves, but in California, a lot of people were doing things out of wine staves. So like in California was making at iron deck chairs. So I took that with bourbon barrels, kind of wrote the measurements myself through trial and error, kind of created at iron deck chairs. And, you know, I do things like table, pub tables and, and uh, coat hangers and just simple things, just trying to see what's making something, throwing it up against the wall to see what would stick. And over time, like I started doing Kentucky outlines and then adding Kentucky outlines with shelves to display bourbon bottles, which is, you know, probably one of my number one pieces and also probably one of the most ripped off pieces that I get. And that, that's a part of it is like, just like me looking at other people's things for ideas, you're going to find other makers who will, will do the same things. And so, you know, in the beginning, I used to get really frustrated about it, but then I got to realize, I was like, you know, there's, you know, you can't, you know, pattern, you know, not pattern, you can't say the state of Kentucky is yours. Now, how you do certain things to it, yes. Um, but, you know, I, I just learned to get over it because it's, you know, you, you can fight your fight, but at the end of the day, you everyone rips off everyone. But I try to be as unique as possible. So like if all the time I get people that send me photos of other people's work, and it's like, hey, can you make this? Can you make it cheaper? And probably a quarter of the time I know, know who made it. <laughs> so, you know, what I'll do is I'll screenshot, like, for example, you had Thomas Woodworking on, uh, and, and I'm good friends with them. And 
vice versa. They have people send me my stuff and people send them their stuff, you know, and we just laugh. We're like, we know these people. And I always encourage people, you know, if you're going to screenshot someone else's work, just buy it from them. Uh, because if you ask me to make it cheaper, I'm not going to do it. And that's the, that's, you know, patience and I, patience with customers is, man, if you follow me on my regular Facebook page, I put it all out there. I could screenshot people's stuff because if you're going to be like that, I, I, I don't care. Um, I used to, I used to take really offense to it. And then I just realized that you can't please everyone that the, the, you know, the customer is always right. It's the deadest thing I've ever heard in my life. And you just got to listen to the customer and then, you know, let, let them yeah. talk and then let them go. And I'm, I'm pretty good at via email or phone conversations to know, do I want to work with this person? Is this person going to be a pain? Uh, and I can figure that out within the first couple exchanges. And then what I do is I just refer them to, I either refer them to someone else or just say, hey, I can't help you. Go on Etsy. You may be able to find it in regard. So it's the ability to say no is a wonderful thing. And that's the best part about being your own boss is saying no. I was going to say, you don't have anyone else to answer to except yourself. Now, you, you've created a ton of uh, cool items. You know, you can see them on, on, on the Drunkwood uh, social media pages. Is there one that stands out to you that was more fun or more difficult or a pain in the butt? Or, or is there some that stick out more uh, than others? Man, I used to make huge farmhouse tables of like Jim Beam Rickwood, which was awesome because the Rickwood had like, when you have a barrel to have rivets with K and Y or MO where it was made and a lot of the old wood, the barrels would roll on it. So a lot of that wood had, would have KO or MO like on it. Those were fun. Um, I got asked to do a piece for Elton John. He was coming to town. So I, I took, now granted he doesn't drink anymore, which was kind of weird, but I made him a, a box for all these letters that the state of, that fans from here wrote to him. And it was all made out of bourbon barrel pieces. And like they gave it to him because it was in his like farewell tour. Well, that farewell tour was four years ago and he's still touring. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that was kind of cool. But, you know, there's some pieces I really, you know, I, I really never know until a customer will like, send me a message back like oh my god this is amazing like for example uh i did this huge mixed wood cut out of a saint bernard and had a took a bourbon barrel and the dog's name was whiskey and i sent it all like i was very cautious about sending it all the way to oregon because it costs a lot of money and i sent it to them and they absolutely fell in love in it love with it and like probably three months ago i got an email and the customer emailed me and said, hey, John, just wanted to let you know that we really love the piece. And they actually went out of their way to email me to let me know that that dog had just passed away. And they had sent me a photo with the dog sitting under the piece that I made in their hallway. So that's the kind of stuff to where like for every 10 not nice caring customers, it's that one message you get that, that totally makes your day. So no, that's a that's an awesome story. And that shows what what art can do do for folks and you know you you're you're a beer lover too as, as we can see as you enjoy a drink um <laughs> what, what what's that about i mean you're, you're working with bourbon barrels and wine barrels and and wood well, <laughs> so that's kind of how it started so i i i started getting to beer in like 2010 uh just like dabbling like into the craft beer that we had available here in kentucky and i started a beer blog kentucky through review at the time when blogs were cool. And so I'd basically get a beer, write a review, and I also started homebrewing, so I'd put in recipes. 
And I befriended a guy named Dave Pierce, who was brewing at New Albanian Brewing Company at the time. And it was like one of the OGs of Louisville Beer. And just sent him a couple of emails like, hey, here's my recipe. Can you tweak it? And so he and I got to email back and forth. And uh, he was just like, hey, come by the brew house and come check it out. So we quickly became friends. And that's where I got my first bourbon barrel. It was a Willet bourbon barrel. And so I kept my blog up going. And some guys from a website called LouisvilleBeer.com hit me up and said, hey, would you like to write for us? And so I started writing for them. And then we started doing um, uh, Louisville Craft Beer Week. So we're working, you know, putting on a whole week here in Louisville. And through those connections, I got to be friends with all the brewers, all the beer nerds and everything like that. And the Kentucky Guild of Brewers started. So uh, basically an organization to work for the laws and promotion of Kentucky craft beer. And they need an executive director. So a couple people nominated me just because I know everyone and their brother. And so I did that for three years pro bono, um, didn't get paid and just loved it. You know, I flew me out to DC, worked in legislature, passed some huge laws that are still beneficial today uh, for Kentucky beer. And it came to the time of, uh, I wrote a grant for it to be full time in 2016 and decided I was going to step away because I didn't want to work for anyone anymore. I wanted to be my own boss. And I kind of had made all those connections. I mean, I got beer friends all across the United States. And I just, I didn't want to honestly be in a brewery 24-7. I like beer, but I didn't want to be 300 pounds. So that's, that's, that's kind of how it is. So I'm still a nerd. I still, on my vacations, my wife hates it. We stop, I don't know how many breweries. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, 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 the, it's a bad habit, but I've made some of the best friends in the world through that. We go on vacations together. We talk every day. So it's great. Well, I mean, that's what, what all this is about is, is a cool community. And I mean, you know, did, did you ever think that this would kind of be how things would go? You'd work in beer and then working in woodworking. I mean, cause I mean, you were, like you said, you were a teacher and, and all of that. And then lo and behold, things change. No, never. And there's many times I think about it because I'll just be walking and I'll be like, man, how am I doing this? What? Well, I'll tell you, it's every time I pay my student loan payment that I think about <laughs> what I can't believe I got here because I'm paying for all these degrees that I, because I was earning, I was writing my dissertation on my PhD. And I was just like, I told myself, I was like, you give yourself five days within five days of this writing. If you hate it, you can quit. So within like on the third day I was writing and I was like, screw this. I went fishing. It was like, I just, I quit my dissertation in the middle of it, quit the whole PhD program. I was like, I didn't want to be in academia. I had a lot of negative stuff happen. And I was just like, that's, that's not for me. And it's, you know, people ask me if I regret that, I, you know, I don't, it's not Dr. King. I'm like, I don't care. I've never used that. I mean, half the people don't use, half my students never use their bachelor's degree anyways. But yeah, it is crazy. You know, I wonder if like the bottom fell out and, uh, you know, things weren't selling what I would do or like, if my body breaks down because I'm on my second knee surgery in the past six months, <laughs> what, what I would do. And I honestly have no idea, no idea whatsoever. So it's, it's good. It's fun while it's lasting. And I just, I kind of keep my head down, nose the grindstone and uh, just do my work, man. Well, and, and it's really cool work. And, you know, talking, you mentioned the, uh, the Thomas's Thomas Woodworking that, that has been on the podcast previously. I always enjoyed asking them this question. What's it like, using old bourbon barrels and wine barrels because as they said one would think it would be cool but really it's kind of nasty and disgusting 
it's very dirty. Um, you know, I look like a coal miner half the time, like when customers come and pick up their items, they just look at me like how <laughs> they're just like, what the, cause just covered in head to toe. And I like to wear short running shorts when I work. So it's just dirt everywhere. I mean, I'll go to coffee shops or restaurants like during lunch and people just look at me like so weird, like I'm a homeless person in there just because it, it, it is such dirty work. I mean, it feels constantly wearing masks. You know, I was wearing masks for masks were cool because you're getting stuff up your nose and everything like that. Um, it's really dirty. I mean, it's my shop is in my house and like I, I look on Instagram and see all these woodworking influencers and how pretty and nice their shops are. And I call BS because you're not really doing work. If you're not, if you're not covered in dust and dirt and work, if you're taking two hours a day to clean your shop, you're not really doing woodworking. That's just, it's my hot take. <laughs> and I was going to say, I mean, I'm guessing you're not exactly allowed to step foot in the house just right away from the shop. Oh, the I wife, do. Oh, so, so the wife allows it? <laughs> I clean up after myself. So like, yeah, there's like there's two rooms down our basement there's many times to where like there's you can tell where i've been in the afternoon so there's a trail of sawdust oh went to the refrigerator oh went to the uh uh went to you know sat down on the computer and it drives her crazy and so i vac i try to vacuum a lot as as much as i can um but yeah that's the thing too it's a sticky wicket of there were times when I thought about getting a shop and, and getting bigger and that, you know, if I would have done that during COVID, I'd been screwed because I'd been paying overhead and it's, you know, people get on me all the time about, Hey, get a shop and grow bigger. And I'm like, why I can work from home. I can have lunch with my dogs every day. I don't have to, if I forget something, if I forget to do something like put a coat of polyurethane, I don't have to get in my truck and drive somewhere. I just walk downstairs and not have to deal about it. So I got a pretty good thing going. I got one guy who helps me out. He's one of my best friends. He does a lot. He's a retired U.S. Marshal. He does uh, a lot of my scroll saw work. And like, if I go pick up stuff, we just drive together. He's got nothing else to do. So Izzy's, you know, it, I, I wouldn't be successful or have a business if, if it wasn't for my buddy Izzy. So I was going to say, it takes a team. And I find it interesting too, because I, I, mentioned this at the beginning you're a man of many hobbies you've got craft beer woodworking what other hobbies because i think on, uh, on on the instagram i see bass fishing yeah um, a couple other other things yeah so i've had to get like i don't golf anymore um i do a lot of fishing so i fish a lot of tournaments uh that's the best thing about you know being your own boss is i can take the boat out on a tuesday camp out on a monday night no one's out there um so do a lot of fishing, do a lot of backcountry camping and backcountry hiking. So because of the knee surgery I was talking about, I can't do it this year. You see a picture of Yellowstone behind me. We did, I think we did 80 miles last summer, did it in four days. So knocked it out. We're pretty, we're pretty fast hikers. Uh, so love to do, love to visit the national parks and just get outdoors. Um, that's one thing, you know, my parents instilled, instilled as me as a kid was going out fishing and being out in the door, outdoors and camping. Um, also, because of my surgeries with my knee, I couldn't trail run, so I got super into uh, forging mushrooms. So that's like my secret little hobby uh, that I'll go out on Sundays and go in the woods and find chanterelles, chicken in the woods, and the hen of the woods, and give them to local chefs or friends that are big into them. So it's 
Yeah, it's my mom mushrooms when I was a kid and I couldn't go because I was really allergic to poison ivy, but I've kind of figured out what it looks like. So that's <laughs> you know that's what to big, avoid. <laughs> I know what to avoid. I mean, that's you know, that's as many hobbies as my life allows. That's what I try to do. But yeah, it's uh, I, I do long well when I can run, I do a lot of long distance running and I don't do races anymore. But that that was a big part of my life, which I kind of miss right now. So looking forward to get back to that hopefully soon. Well, I was gonna say that that running and hiking helps balance out the beer drinking. As I, as I yeah, wondered. yeah. And after not running for a year, I can definitely tell and see it. So I'm trying to I'm trying to get back. I, I can do biking, but I hate biking because I don't have a really great bike. So you see all these 80 year old blue hairs just whiz by me. I got sweat pouring down my <laughs> face, grinding it out. But yeah, it is. It's I need to get back in shape if that happens. So. Well, it, I, I love, you know, just getting to, to learn about, about everything that you do. I mean, besides the hobbies, you know, all, all that good stuff. I mean, do you, do you go out to events and, and stuff with Drunkwood or is it pretty much all online and that's kind of how you prefer it? No, I don't do shows anymore. I think the last time I did a show was maybe 2017. I did them when I got started just to get my name out there. But that goes back to, you know, having, you know, if you're working during the week and Basically, you're working on the weekends too, as well. If you do all those shows, and then I'll be honest, I'm not—I don't have a good poker face. So if someone's talking to me at a show and I don't care what they're saying, my face is going to show it. And, and I don't do well with people trying to bargain or barter with me. I'll politely say a few kind words that you can't say on this podcast and tell them where to go. Uh, so no, I don't do shows anymore, mainly because I honestly ship everything or have people do pickups i don't have time to create uh, an inventory and then if i create the items and they don't sell then they're sitting at my house and since i work from my house it's super small so no i used to and people ask me all the time to do it and i have friends who do it i just i don't have the patience and i didn't start this business to go sit it up in the sun for eight hours on a saturday That'd be better spent on a lake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'd be better spent on a lake, whereas my business runs itself to where I can do the same thing online and my phone starts blinging up. You got a sale and you don't have to deal with ketchup from a corn dog all over your pants. So <laughs> now, now for those that want to find out and we're, you know, whether that's submit a, a custom order or, you know, take a look at what you've got is the Etsy page the best or, or social media or what's, what's best. So Etsy is where you can find probably 80 of my most popular items. So you can go on Etsy. Um, if you're local to Louisville, you can use code Louisville pickup in all caps to pick things up. One thing I highly encourage if anyone reads or listens to this podcast, shoot me a message first about shipping because Etsy only uses like the postal service. And I make super big pieces uh, that I ship via FedEx. So shipping can be atrocious, but if you want to see like, Common pieces go on Etsy. If you want to see like the rare one-off stuff, you can go on my Facebook page or my Instagram page. Um, if you'd like to place an order, the easiest thing to do is shoot me an email. Um, and it's drunkwood, I-N-K-Y. So it looks like drunkwoodinky at gmail.com. Uh, that's the easiest thing to do. I try to push because I get communications via Instagram, Facebook. I try to push everything in email. So it's all in one place. Um, so yeah, but yeah, you... I ship all across the United States and Canada and Great Britain and Russia. Yeah, I just did a Russia one. Yeah. 
So it's uh, it can be expensive to ship though. So that's the worst part. Is so so you're international now. You're an international star with the international workshop. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what my buddies call it, Drunkwood International LLC. So I think that's what I'm listed on Google. Like if you Google it, like my house, that's what it's listed as. So, well, you know, as, as we as we wrap up, John. I mean, what do you have any other fun projects that that are coming out in 2022, or is it just more of having fun and and having a beer? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So basically from now until December, I'm working 60, 70 hours a week. It's cause once the holidays kick up, you're just, you're, you're grinding. Um, so I don't have any shows. I'll do some sales. I don't have any, because my knee and my knee surgery, I couldn't plan really any trips. Cause I didn't know, um, what it would be like. I just came back from, I was in Buffalo for a fishing trip for three days. So that was kind of nice before my surgery, but now I, I kind of don't plan on anything. I do everything kind of the spur of the moment because like, if there's a lull in my, in my business, we'll, we'll go do camping things, but no, I, I, I don't have any big trips or anything planned. Uh, we're trying to go to Europe next year. So we'll see how, uh, how taxes play out this year. So, uh, but no, nothing big, just, nothing big planned well it still sounds like you got a lot of fun things uh, on the horizons a lot of fun projects that you're working on and like i said check them out drunkwood uh john this was a, a blast and we'll have to grab a beer sometime yeah anytime you're in and uh i'm all i'm typically sometimes in lexington my friends own ethereal and country boy so i in west six so i go there and visit them on occasion when i get into town so absolutely well we'll have to make a make a plan <laughs> <laughs> awesome thanks man i appreciate it <laughs>